Good morning, everybody. Hey, good morning. I know it's morning, but come on. Yeah, so good to have you today. My name is Aaron Rosen. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith. So good to welcome you here to worship. Uh, I know there's some new faces today because after our worship today, we're going to have a baptism, which is super exciting. Yes. Um, we're, uh, if you're new with us and you haven't been with us all summer, uh, you might be interested to know that we're continuing a series of messages that we're carrying through the entire summer. It's a series we're calling Rethink, all about the lies that we believe, the lies that we believe from the world or that we tell ourselves and really not true. So we're digging into the scriptures and, and finding the, the truth from God and uh, rethinking the lies we believe. Um, this is also a communion Sunday, so we're gonna celebrate the Lord's Supper a little bit later. Uh, we believe that we are very much sinners in need of God's grace, and he offers us that grace in the bread and the wine as he gives us the very body and blood of Christ in, with, and under the bread and the wine. We call that real presence. And he offers us forgiveness of sins as we receive the meal. So if that is your belief also, we invite you to join us as we participate in the Lord's Supper a little bit later in our service. Um, let's see, also, um, this month, August, we are celebrating our um, comfort dog ministry, our comfort dog, Hagar. This, this month is the second anniversary of her gotcha day when she came here to Faith Lutheran. So um, she's over at our Faith Ministry Center today, but next weekend, she will be over here at Celebration. And uh, you can see her before worship, after. We'll have some refreshments and that kind of thing and celebrate. Um, it's not Hagar's birthday. That's in January, but her gotcha day uh, here in August. So uh, celebrate that. Uh, with that, I'm going to hand it over to Eliza and the band. We're going to worship. I'm going to invite you to stand up as we bring our praise to the Lord. We could totally clap for this song because we're worshiping the Lord, right? We worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. Doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory.
seated as we move into a time of confession. We're going to sing this song, Carrie Laison, and it's really a reflection song. So you can close your eyes, you can sing along, you could lift your hands, or you could just listen to the words. For the things we've done and left undone. For the ways we've wandered from your heart Forgive us, we pray Forgive us, we pray For the idols we put on your throne For the loves we choose above your Yes. 
We cry out for God's mercy. He gives us mercy even before we ask it. Uh, the song we just sang is called Kyrie Eleison, which actually means Lord have mercy. God is so good. We're gonna hear this a little bit in our reading from Ephesians here in just a few minutes. But Paul also talks about this in the book of Colossians in the New Testament. He says, when you were dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code, as God's law that stood against us, that stood opposed to us. Jesus took it away, nailing it to the cross. So as Jesus was on the cross for our sins, carrying all of our sins upon his shoulders, God was able to look down and say, it is all paid for. All of your sins, all of your failures, every bit of it, paid in full. This is my privilege as one of your pastors to announce God's amazing grace to you, to assure you that you are forgiven in Jesus. Amen. Let's sing our gratitude.
Praise God for his word today. We'll actually just keep, have you stay standing because you're gonna stand up here in just a second for the gospel reading anyway. But we're here first from the book of Ephesians chapter two. Paul tells us about God making us alive in Christ. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And our gospel reading today is from the gospel of John, chapter three. Jesus says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly 
that what he has done has been done through God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. I don't know, anyone here tired? <laughs> Exhausted even? <laughs> if you're anything like all the people I see on Facebook and other social media, then you know you're only halfway through your weekend and you're ready, you're just dreading the, the work week, right? Um, you need a, an extra cup of coffee in the morning, oftentimes, anybody? Yeah? Uh, you are running yourself to exhaustion with long hours and long lines and long lists and long faces. <laughs> There's so much to do, so much to buy, so many uh, things to, uh, to do and ex expectations. You have bosses you need to please, kids to feed, lawns to mow, homework to finish. And then the government wants more taxes. Kids want more toys. School wants more volunteers. Spouse wants more attention. Parents more visits than the church. Yeah, the church, serve more, pray more, attend more, read more, give more, right? Just more expectations. And by the time you think you catch your breath, someone else wants more. It's like a taskmaster demanding more when you feel like you have less to give. Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly where the ancient Israelites were when they were crying out to God when they were in slavery in Egypt. They were building pyramids and other buildings for Pharaoh. And they cried out, they grumbled that they needed more straw for making the bricks that they were forming. And you know how Pharaoh responded? Up the quota, more production with no more materials. <laughs> so they called out to God. And God intervened. He said, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Let's put that up on the screen, Blake. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And God, God brought his mighty acts, didn't he? he? He parted the Red Sea as if opening a curtain so the Israelites could walk through on dry ground. And then as the Egyptians followed, he closed down the waters like a steel trap. And in a breath, he took out the most powerful army on earth at the time. And he brought this mob of ex-slaves to what you might call a land of no more. No more whips, no more bricks, no more taskmasters, no more forced labor, freedom. And all of heaven said, you can rest now. So imagine the whole nation exhaled. They could rest. I like the way that Max Lucado describes this. This is Max Lucado. He says, they rested for about one half an inch. <laughs> That's the amount of space between Exodus 15 and Exodus 16. The amount of time between those two chapters is about one month. Somewhere in that half inch, one month gap, 
the Israelites decided that they wanted to go back into slavery. They remembered the delicacies of the Egyptians. Now, it couldn't have been more than, than bone stew, but nostalgia is no stickler for details. So they told Moses they wanted to go back to the land of labor, sweat, and blistered backs. Can you imagine? So a billion readers of the Bible ever since have been screaming at their Bibles to people who can never hear them. Are you crazy and out of your minds? Don't you remember where you came from? Don't you remember what you left? Don't you remember what God saved you from? Do you remember what God has just done? Now the Apostle Paul, you fast forward 1500 years from the Exodus to the earliest Christian church and Paul is writing a letter to the Christians of Galatia, which is in uh, present day Turkey. And in Galatians 3.1, Paul says, are you insane? Now it's probably not a translation you've ever read before. This doesn't actually say, that's the NRSV, that's the new Rosenau standard version. <laughs> the NIV, the new international version says this, you foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? So a similar scene to in, back in, in Egypt or the Israelites coming out of Egypt, right? Similar scene, except this second exodus, the second salvation that God has brought about is much greater. It eclipses the first. Right? God sent his son, not Moses. God crushed Satan, not Pharaoh. He conquered death, which is greater than any army. He opened up the grave, not the Red Sea. He, he uh, secured eternal life, which is much bigger than any other rescue in the past. He paved the way to a new heaven and new earth, which is much more than the promised land that the Israelites were going to. What God had done for the Israelites was a shadow a hint, a whisper of what God did for all of us in the whole world when he put Jesus on the cross in the open grave, when he conquered sin and death for us. Jesus led us out of slavery to sin and death into new life, a land of no more, no more law keeping, no more fear of God's judgment, no more struggling for God's approval. Okay, no more fear of God's judgment and no more struggling for God's approval. Matthew chapter 11 quotes Jesus saying, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And he's not just talking about a physical rest, he's talking about spiritual rest. Rest for your souls, Jesus says. Now, when you get to Paul writing to the Christians of Galatia, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion or trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. 
So apparently there were a bunch of people who believed in grace a lot, but not grace alone. And they thought they needed to add their own work to what Christ had done. So part of being, uh, being on your way to heaven, being saved, having God's approval was somehow doing something beyond what Christ did. Now, back to Max Lucado, just for a second. Another quote from, from Lucado. Grace a lot, he says, believe in grace a lot. <laughs> Jesus almost finished the work of salvation, they argue. In the rowboat named Heaven Bound, Jesus paddles most of the time, but every so often he needs our help. So we give it, and we accumulate good works like a Boy Scout accumulates merit badges on a sash. Now, this is the lie that we're talking about in our series, Rethink. The lie says God's love must be earned. Somehow, we believe that we need to earn God's grace and his love. Somehow, grace alone is not enough. We have to do something. And all of a sudden, we are like the, the, the Israelites who are begging to go back to Egypt, back to slavery. Because as soon as you have to win God's approval, you are enslaved to the law. And Paul says, you're not slaves anymore to the law. Christ has freed you from the law. Here's the, here's the true gospel. He says, Ephesians chapter two, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And I want you to look at two words, especially grace and gift. Grace and gift, these are really inseparable words. They're really the same word. Gift and grace. Um, you, ever, you ever have this problem at Christmas time? You got gifts for people, but there was one person that gave you a gift and you didn't get anything for them? You ever have this? Someone got you a gift and you think, oh man, I didn't get them anything. And so you, now you feel an obligation. So even the gift becomes an obligation. I have to get them something. And we can make this sort of the way it is with God too, but God's love and grace don't work this way. He rescues us, he transfers us from slavery into freedom, from darkness into light, from death to life, the land of no more, expectations. That means he doesn't expect anything in return. He gives us as a gift. You don't have to do anything. Zippo, zilch, zero, nada, nil, nothing. You know what? It's pure gift. And what is that gift? What is that gift? Jesus, or Paul says, he has brought us from death to life. When we were dead in our transgressions and sins, 
he made us alive again with Christ. And he did that because, as Galatians 3 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. He took upon the curse because it is written, cursed is anybody who hangs on a tree like a cross. And he took the curse for us. He became sin who knows no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God, Paul says. And Paul says in Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ set you free. Not to go back to slavery, right? He, for freedom. So stand firm. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Don't buy into the lie that somehow I need to go back to winning God's approval. You don't have to go there. God's approval is given already. You can rest. Back in the fall of 2010, there were 33 coal miners who were trapped 2,000 feet below the surface under solid rock because the entrance, the entrance tunnel to the cave they were working collapsed down in Chile. For two months, they prayed that someone would rescue them. For two months, they rationed their food. A couple spoonfuls of tuna, a sip of milk, a couple bites of peaches each day for two months. Now up on the surface, all the rescue experts were consulting people, even from NASA, trying to find all the right equipment. So they, they worked day and night digging, first a communication tunnel and then a rescue tunnel to get these men out. And October 13th, 2010, 33 men walked out of their grave. In essence, that's what it was. No one had ever lived that long and come out alive. Not one of them said to himself, I got myself out. Not one of them had declared, you know, I can do this, just give me a new drill. The unanimous conclusion was, we need help. We need someone to break into this world and bring us out. That is exactly our story. We were dead in sin. When you are dead, let me be frank, when you're dead, you cannot raise yourself to life again. And Paul says we were dead in our transgressions. And the only way that we can live is that God, who is all-powerful, can give us life again. It's completely outside of us. Jesus did not say God so loved the world because you got it all together, right? God did not just sort of bring us to life, now you do the rest. No, is he gave us life in Jesus. Romans chapter five says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we're still sinners, he rescued us. 
when we were trapped in no way of helping ourselves, he rescued us. Of all the things that you have to earn, of all the things you have to do in this life, getting God's unending approval and favor and love is not one of them. He just gives that to you, pure gift, nothing in return. So relax. (laughs) All of heaven is saying, you can rest now. Just live in God's love, his gift. Amen? Amen? (laughs) Yeah, make sure you're awake. All right, the band's gonna come back up. We're gonna, they're gonna lead us in this next song. And as we're doing that, we're gonna bring our offerings to the Lord. It's an opportunity for us to worship God by giving back. Uh, he owns everything, right? God owns the entire world, the universe and everything in it. He entrusts us with a little bit of that for, uh, for our livelihood. And we give back a portion of that so that the church can do the work of the church. And so we thank you for the gifts that you give us to help us do that. Um, Let's sing to the Lord.
Our Father in heaven, you are altogether wonderful to us. And we come to the foot of the cross of Jesus and we bow before you in reverence, in thanksgiving, in awe of your goodness in spite of our unworthiness. We lift up our prayers to you now, trusting that you hear us for Christ's sake. And on behalf of those who are gathered here at Faith Lutheran Church, we lift up those concerns. For Sharon Bergsma, who's recovering from surgery, and Rex Brockman, who is recovering after a fall, we pray for Brenda Krieger, uh, recovering from a fractured hip, and Kelly Pierce, father, who is recovering from an infection. Pray that you would strengthen each one of these, your children, as they are in need. Give them strength physically, but most especially strength of faith to be able to trust in you even at the hardest times. We pray that you would bring healing and restoration to each of them. We pray also for those who are grieving today and pray that you would remind them of your presence and comfort in the midst of their grief. We pray for Jean and Dottie Weber as they are mourning the passing of their son-in-law, Jeff. Pray that you would bring that comfort that comes only from you and promise of the resurrection and a reunion with those who are in Christ, awaiting the resurrection at the last day. God, we also celebrate today the many blessings and gifts which you give. We thank you for new life, for Dawson Liebsite, who will be brought to the waters of baptism after this service today. We pray that you would strengthen Dawson and his whole family, his parents, Skylar and Trish, as they raise him to know you, Lord what it means to worship and pray to you and read your scriptures and one day to celebrate communion with us and to live a life of service and love and compassion as your dear child. We also lift up to you all those celebrations of anniversaries and birthdays which are being uh, marked this week. And for all those who are celebrating those special occasions, Lord, we pray for grateful hearts, that we'd remember the one who gives us each and every one of these gifts from your gracious hand. Father, finally we pray that you would prepare us by your Holy Spirit as we come to the table of your mercy to receive the body and blood of Christ and the bread and the wine, that we would have repentant faith, recognizing our sinfulness and brokenness and taking hold of the promises which you have for us in this meal, forgiveness, life, and salvation. One for us in Jesus. So Lord, we lift up all these prayers to you and we trust that you hear us for Christ's sake who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I invite you now to greet one another in the Lord. Share God's peace with those around you in worship today.
May this body and blood of our Lord Jesus continue to strengthen you in faith. Know that you're forgiven. Go in peace. Amen. Let's stand. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord makes his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Now, Pastor Aaron spoke about all about in the scripture that we were reading today about being alive in Christ, how we were dead and now we're alive. So we're gonna sing the song, Glorious Day. And it starts out, I was buried, but now because Jesus called our name, we're out of that grave. All right, let's sing the song. <laughs> 